Homeschooling isn't just about education. It's about your kids, it's about your family, and it's about a lifestyle. Hi, my name is Jackie and I'm the founder of Homeschool Think Tank. The Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast is about community, family, education, and life. I believe that these are the things that matter to homeschool families. Tune in each week and let's talk. I'll bring you a message from my heart, an expert interview, or an interview with the ultimate homeschooling experts, homeschool families like yours. Remember to check the link in the show notes below and you'll find an article that corresponds with this episode. Finally, remember to visit homeschoolthinktank.com for more information about how we serve homeschooling families. All right, let's get started with this week's episode. Today, I am interviewing Elle Tebabashi is a life coach, and we are, I am currently going through life coach training, and she has life coach training, different schools, but similar interests, and we both enjoy serving homeschooling parents and decided to come together and just share a little bit more about homeschooling, the pros and cons of homeschooling, because she homeschools her kids too, about life coaching, what it's all about, why it matters, and anything else that comes up in this interview. So welcome, Elle. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Well, thank you so much. And I'm so grateful to have you on my podcast. I love having homeschooling parents on my podcast. I love having homeschooling parents who also have a business because that's always sort of exciting or, or they do something that is offering a service to other homeschooling families. And this is my first time to have a life coach on my podcast. So thank you for being my guest, Elle. Oh, thank you for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. So I want to get started. I always love it when I have parents who are homeschooling on the podcast and I want to get started with finding out how long have you been homeschooling your kids and why did you start? Yeah, I have been homeschooling for a little over two years. Like other parents who had kids in public school when the pandemic started, I tried to do that system of doing the work that was Um, given to do from home and it was not working for my son. And I just, I had at that point, a kindergartner and a four-year-old. And so I just started wondering why, how did we even get here? I had always thought about homeschooling and I had kept my kids home, not in preschool for a while. And was um, similarly to what you've described, just learning through the day with any question, with any exploring or adventures. And I realized that we had kind of slipped into the school system for various reasons, some support with speech therapy and such. And all of a sudden I found my, that we were doing something that did not work for our family at all. And so because my son had already been struggling and because we had planned to move that summer and didn't know what, what school we'd be enrolling in and because of the pandemic and not knowing what school would look like, I just pulled them from school and I started homeschooling that, I guess, April of 2020. So your school age child was six. Is that what you said? Yes. He was six and in kindergarten. Yes. In kindergarten. So that's a lovely time to be able to start because I feel like there's, as a parent, you feel like there's a lot of grace on your side. Like 
in a previous yeah. interview I did with somebody, she said, her mom says, well, how bad can you mess it up? It's like numbers and letters. <laughs> yeah. You know, if it doesn't work, you can put them back in the following yes. year. Mm-hmm. And is that sort of how you felt in your mind? Yes. And I think that each year I kind of think, well, what is best for them right now? And so we're starting, we'll be starting our third year of homeschooling. And I, I feel confident that this is the best for my kids this year. And I'm kind of holding it loosely. I, I would love to homeschool them all the way through, but I also want to be open to thinking about what, what they need at any given point. You know, that's something I haven't talked a lot about on the podcast. And hmm. if you don't mind, I'd like to address it a little bit here. I think that's important. I don't think homeschooling is always right for every family. And while it may even be right for you at some stages in your life, there are other stages it might not be right. And I, as a parent, have gone through that where it was, it felt right for both of my kids for a long time. And then for one child, we had to make changes and she did go to private school for a year and a half before she returned to homeschooling. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess what I found out is nothing's perfect private school wasn't perfect. Neither is homeschooling. But at that time, I do still feel like that was the right choice for that child at that time. And it was hard as a parent because I, all I ever wanted was to homeschool my kids. So for me to do something different was really, really hard, Mm -hmm. but I think keeping open-minded and actually thinking about all of your circumstances, every school district is different. Some are better than others. Every child is different. Some kids may do better in that setting than at home. But yeah, I just think that's really an important thing that you're doing to just keep open-minded about that. Because if at some point you need to do something different, I think it's important as a parent to not beat yourself up for making a change. And that would be easy. (laughs) It was, it was easy for me to do. That makes sense. I had, I was beating myself up. How did we even end up in public school? This wasn't the plan or what I thought was best. And I, I had that sense that it wasn't right. It wasn't working for him. And so to be able to say, even in, I didn't finish out the school year. I told this kindergarten teacher, we're going to turn in one or two things that you're expecting to see from us, but we are now homeschooling. And we jumped into a month of studying ancient Egypt, which my six-year-old was obsessed with at the time. And just it, I found from there, it just fit for us as a family. And of course it was so bumpy along the way. It wasn't perfect, but there was so much joy in it. I think for all of us. Well, I hope so. Let me ask you. So if you thought you were always going to homeschool and then you sort of ended up with him in school, can you look back now and see why that was the case? Were you lacking confidence? Were there circumstances in your life? What was going on there? There were various circumstances. One uh, was maybe a little bit of pressure from family. Another was that our younger son needed some speech therapy and the best way to get him that speech therapy. He went from having 50 words at two to having like four words and mostly just squawking and yelling. And so it wasn't that we were in a rush, but everyone was unhappy at that point. (laughs) He was just Mm -hmm. uh, squawking all the time in frustration and not being able to communicate. And so we wanted to get him that support and they had him go to preschool and some other folks were saying, your son is behind. We, we had him in like a little um, church home, uh, not homeschool, but a little church 
preschool, my older son, and they said, well, he's really going to struggle in kindergarten. You're going to have to have him in kindergarten twice. And so then we just kind of looked at some Waldorf schools and some other options, but the only one that opened up was the public school. And so they just, all of a sudden that year they were at school and it was fine. And I went with it, but it, in my gut, I thought, oh, I was going to homeschool, but oh, this will give me options to pursue my coaching business. And so I kind of rolled with it until something called it into question, which was moving and the pandemic and him struggling in kindergarten. He was, you know, having meltdowns about writing a letter wrong and just thought this is not working for him. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is you wanted to do it, but you were hearing all these outside voices telling you that's not the right thing to do. Yes, absolutely. So in hindsight, do you wish you could have sort of silenced those outside voices and Mm -hmm. listen to your own? Yes. And I think I had to go on a growth journey of becoming someone who was, who was able to say, I'm the expert in my own life and I know what my kids need. And even, you know, to, to family or friends who had opinions to say, thank you for your input, but, um, I I'm the parent and I get to, to choose, but I never had the strength (laughs) to say that and to stand present with myself and say, I'm okay. And, and we will figure it out together, but I'm the one that has been given responsibility to care for my children and I can make the choices that they need. So if a parent is listening to this today and they are feeling like you were, Mm. where I want to homeschool my kids. This is what's in my heart. This is what I actually really believe is best for my family, but they're hearing all these voices of doubt around them. What would you suggest to a parent? Mm. I try not to give a lot of advice, but the thing that really worked for me was actually my partner saying over and over again, you're the best possible teacher for our children. That doesn't mean there won't be other people in their lives, other teachers, other coaches, family and family friends who will speak into their lives, but you are the best possible teacher for our children. And I did not believe him for a very long time, but it has, it has settled into my bones as being absolutely true that each of us is the best teacher for our children in whatever capacity that looks like, even if someone's, you know, working 12 hour days in the window of time that they have with their children, they are the best equipped to know and love their children and, and guide them. And so I, I think that homeschooling is absolutely an option. And there's so many resources out there to get the support that you need to become the homeschool teacher that you would want to be. I love that. I agree with you that you are the best possible teacher for your children. And I tend to think, I realize there are parents on all sorts of mm-hmm. the spectrum. If mm-hmm. a parent is addicted to drugs and mm-hmm. this and that, they're probably not wanting to homeschool anyway. They're not probably listening not. to this <laughs> podcast, but I'm here to say, if you're listening to this podcast, I know you care. Mm-hmm. I know you care. I know you have your child's best interests at heart, because if you didn't, you wouldn't be looking for resources like this and listening to a podcast like this or watching the YouTube video later when it comes out, mm-hmm. it, it's not what you would be doing. So to me, the people I am speaking to are people who care. Mm-hmm. They're people who care about their kids, who truly have their children's best interests at heart. 
And so, yeah, I do believe that. Like, if you're listening to this, you know, best about your kids, you care more than anybody else about your children. And it, it, it can be difficult. Um, you know, I didn't personally go through what you're going through and I'm, I have a pretty strong personality and years ago, gosh, what like in college, I took a class that literally changed my life forever. And I learned how to set boundaries in that class. Mm. And I I'm probably too good at it at times. <laughs> so people didn't really question me a lot, probably because I would have been like, well, that's nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're yeah. going to have your opinion. This is what we're doing. But I don't think that's the norm. I don't mm. think the way I was is the norm. I think most people, especially prior to the pandemic, had people coming at them. No, no, no. This isn't a good idea. And it's, it can be hard. So you really do have to like fall into yourself and really think through for yourself, what you believe, what you think. That's, that's my thought. I think so. So let's talk a little bit because all of this is sort of leading to life coaching. Like I almost like I have this desire now. I'm like, I want to coach you. And do you want to coach me? (laughs) (laughs) So, so In my life coach training, here's what I learned. And I went through Brooke Castillo's The Life Coach School, and I'm still in process of becoming certified. I'm not actually certified yet, but if anyone's listening to this when it comes out, I may still be offering free one-on-one sessions or maybe small group sessions. But while I'm learning, I'm doing the sessions free. Um, So what I learned is, and the model we use, we call it the model. You have circumstances, which are basically facts. This is the way it is, you know, and then you have a thought about that circumstance. And from that thought, you end up having feelings. And from those thoughts and feelings, you create actions that lead to results. Do you have a similar type of model or method that is used in the training that you received? Yeah, I have, it's, it's different. It was so interesting to me to hear you describe that because it's different. Although I've learned, I think some similar tr- mm-hmm. thoughts of, um, how our thoughts lead to our choices. I have a different model. The first one that I learned in my school and certification was the grow model. And within that, it's just a series of steps. What would you like to change? Where are you feeling stuck with that? And you dive into conversations where the coach then listens very carefully and doesn't give advice, but asks questions that help lead to the aha moment. I know you referenced that in one of your other podcasts, that aha moment then gives you the freedom to go, Oh, I can be unstuck because now I know this when I maybe didn't know that before. And so then we, we build those action steps and what are you, what actions do you want to take to change things from here? I've also gone through a positive intelligence program certification and Shirzad Shamin uh, runs, developed that program based on leading research in all kinds of uh, sciences that are studying how our brains work and how to shift to a positive mindset. So uh, I also incorporate positive intelligence into my coaching as well. And it's the idea is we have these negative thought spirals and there are tools that I use to bring us into the positive thought spirals that then can, you can use your, this wise sage part of yourself to have a positive spiral. 
in your thoughts. Okay. I love this. I don't know if you've listened to the episode that dropped today as we're recording this, no. but it's all about <laughs> positive and negative thinking. Really? <laughs> so, yes. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So, okay. So that's, what was that called again? Positive intelligence. Positive intelligence. It's the positive intelligence program. There's also a book Perfect. called positive intelligence and, mm. um, different, different ways that you can kind of incorporate that into your life and into coaching. Okay. I might have, I'm well, let's not say I might, I will be reading that in the future. Is it on audible? I love yeah. books on audible. Good. Yeah. yeah. Because you know, if you are doing things online, you're online a lot. And so you're sitting a lot. And I'm like, when I am done the computer, I am done sitting. I need, yeah. I'll listen, <laughs> but I don't, I, I like, I'm reading one, right. Let's see right now. Here's what I'm reading. So with your strengths, Ooh. Uh, I heard about this on another podcast. It's quite good. And I'll be talking about it in an upcoming podcast, but, um, yeah, so I am always reading. I've got three books I'm reading right now, but it's not like I fly through them because I don't yeah. read that fast. <laughs> well, because I don't, it's not that I don't read fast. I don't sit down to read a lot. Yes. So anyway, um, I, sorry, I totally <laughs> went off. Of the, oh, the it's so inviting. There. There's so much to learn about and, and it brings so much change in our lives when we do take the time. I think that's a core belief for me is that I need to continue growing so that and, and learning new things. And that inspires my children to grow and learn and have a love of learning and a confidence that they can learn. And so I think I love that you're reading free books and that you're, you're always taking in and excited about absorbing new information that yeah. can change your life because that sets the groundwork for our children. Yes. So I absolutely agree now, I, but I do want to go back to life coaching. So why, what have you seen as you have coached specifically parents, but people in general, um, what have you seen over your five years of being a life coach? How do you think you have best served and helped parents and just other people? Oh, it's a great question. I, I think that over and over again in coaching, I, when I see the most transformation, I am reminded of a fact that I've learned right away. The groundwork of my, my coaching is the belief that people have responsibility and capability in their own lives to make the changes and that I'm not leading or guiding or, or telling them what to do. And I know some coaches have programs take, you know, here are the 12 steps to resolving this issue. And I think that's fantastic. That probably comes out of a lot of learning that they have done and, and working with others. But I think that the best thing I bring is support, helping people be really heard and helping them have those transformational moments that shift the entire groundwork of why they've been stuck in a certain area. And so when I, when I work with parents and it's like, we just keep hitting this wall over and over again, uh, I, I know that coaching can then help people see it differently and, and resolve what was laying on laying underneath the cyclical problems that we have, the patterns that we have. And so I, I, that's the, I don't know that it's like one area. It, like you've described before, it can be any area. That's the beauty of coaching. It's the same pattern, no matter what I'm coaching someone on, I follow the same pattern and the same steps. But those, those aha moments leave me with so much joy. Yeah. And, you know, and as I'm sort of talking about coaching more on my podcast, because I'm going through this and it is my intention very much to specialize in helping 
homeschooling parents. It doesn't mean I can't help other parents or other people as well, but I really, my heart is really there with homeschooling parents because I have had so many challenges of my own. And I recognize that the way I think (laughs) can lead to a very different result. Um, And so what I, I'm really trying to do is help parents wrap their mind around what coaching is because not everybody understands it. Not everybody even gets why it's important. Yeah. But, um, so why do you think it's important? Oh, yeah, you're dying to share that. this. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can see it all over you. <laughs> I, let's see. I first started receiving coaching, uh, just through a program, through my work, it was at a discount and I thought, well, why not? I'll give it a try. And it, my partner and I always say it's actually the best money that we have ever spent was in receiving life coaching. And I wanted to bring that transformation. So I think what coaching is, you've referenced this in another podcast, but that, um, coaching is not counseling. It's not therapy. We don't resolve your past issues, but we come in and, and I think that I, I often will say coaching is not something that you would hire a coach, if you could resolve it by yourself, sitting down for 20 minutes and making a to-do list or reading a book, it's these areas where we are chronically stuck and we truly need a change. It's, I always know someone's ready for coaching when they say, I cannot do this anymore. I cannot live like this anymore. This problem, I'm ready to face it. And so then what coaching becomes is this dialogue, whether in a group or one-on-one where you, you figure out together, where am I stuck? What is the problem? What do I want it to be like? What do I hope and dream of? And we set a really clear goal together of what that's going to be. And then, and then we just have these conversations each week that bring not only those aha moments, but then also I can give accountability and support as a coach to then make those changes. And I never give homework. I never say, well, I think you should go read this book. And that's how I coach. But, um, I don't say you need to do this. I say, what steps can you take with this new information you have? And, and then I check in about that. How's that going? Did it change anything? And that, that pattern of coming back to it leads to, I, I believe always more transformation than anyone expects. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think you're right. And there was something you said earlier too, that I wanted to bring in when I am coaching someone, I am not solving your problem for you. No, I am not telling you what to do. And you're shake. She's shaking her head. If you're listening on the podcast, like, nope, we are not doing that. No, (laughs) what we're doing is we're helping you think through your own problems, or maybe there's a goal you want to achieve, think through how to get there. But it is, it's funny because when I was, and I know I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but when I was at this coach training, you know, that we, as part of the training, they would teach, but then there was modeling for it. And there were people being trained and how to do this. And it is hard to do for yourself. Sometimes you can do a lot for yourself, but sometimes you really do need, even as a coach, someone else to help pull it out of you because there are people who are literally being trained on how to do this and understand it all, but they would have another coach in training with these master coaches standing sort of behind them to give them some, and you could just see these people just being like, Oh, that's why I have that problem. Yes. Oh, and suddenly because of your awareness, you are able to make changes because without awareness, no change happens. 
Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's why we get so stuck in the same patterns over and over again. It's because we don't know what's leading to it. We don't know how to get out of it. And it's exactly what you described. Yeah. 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 So, um, okay. So how, how do you think coaching has made you a better parent being, oh. let's start with you being coached because you went through being coached quite a bit before you became a coach, right? Yes, I did for years, probably five years of being coached. And after going through the coaching program, realizing I have to be able to bring this for other people. I also continue to receive coaching. I have spent <laughs> so much time and energy in receiving growth and, and transformation in my life because I've, it's almost an addiction at this point. I want <laughs> to become the, the best me that I know I can be and the me I want to be. It actually, your question ties back to something I said earlier. I didn't have the confidence to be present with myself and to trust myself and to say what I needed. I have been a people pleaser forever. And I was so busy taking care of other people in my work and in my life um, that my first coaching goal with my coach was I need to drink more water. I'm dehydrated all the time. That was the, that was the place that I started. I can't do basic self-care and water is like this foundational place that I want to start. I, I literally need to help in making some goals around drinking water more often. And it's gone to places of like healing deep family relationship things and, um, setting goals. I, I, we, uh, I used to just receive everything that, uh, anyone would want to give me for free. Like my family loves buying things. And then they would be so kind to pass it along to me when they were done. And my house was just filled with stuff. And it was, it was not hoarding so much as inability to release things. And, and now I live a minimalist, lifestyle. And I, I, I'm just trying to think I've taken classes and just gone through probably at least a dozen coaching journeys on things that I wanted transformation in, in my life. Yeah. Now, so how does that actually make you a better parent? Oh, because right. I know it does. I know it does. Um, I, I mean, if you don't think it does tell me, oh, but. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely it's changed everything about how I show up. And I know that sounds maybe like an exaggeration, everything, but I have so much more freedom to be present with my kids, with my family and with the community around us, because I am coming from a place of well-being, not a place of I'm starved for self-care. And I spend all my time managing things that I don't want to be managing. It's this, I actually have this reservoir of well-being and of course, there are still things I'm working on. I constantly, my struggle in being coached is I usually have about four goals at a time and I have to narrow it down, but I am, I still want to be growing. There's still things I want to change and grow in. But I think the two key things are I can show up more for my children and I teach them that we can change, that we can grow, that we're, that they don't have to be stuck. And my older son especially struggles with that area. He doesn't have a lot of confidence. He, um, it's very easy for him to say, I can't. And so I think that in him seeing the growth journey that both my partner and I are usually working on something we show him, well, I can't yet, but I'm learning to yet. I love that. Yes. I can't yet. Or I'm working on it. Yes. I'm yeah. Working. It's just it, that. And that's what I was talking about in the episode that came out today is changing the words in your mind from, I can't to I'm learning how mm. I'm working on it because that leads you. I can't lead you toward doing nothing and stopping. I'm working on it. 
I'm learning leads you toward opening your mind and bringing, being willing to bring more in. So those words matter. Yes, and they do. Yeah. So you said several things I would like to touch on. So you said I was a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you listen uh, to Brooke Castillo's podcast, the life coach school, which is where I go through. And she says, people pleasers are liars. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, it's true. And I I always was like, I am so kind and wonderful and always tell the truth. And as I've gone on this journey, it's like, oh, I am a chameleon. I'm a liar in like just trying to show up in whatever space, whatever anyone needs me to be. And so it's been this beautiful thing to realize, no, I am me. I know who I am. I'm L and I am going to be that person regardless of what other people may want or expect from me. And, uh, and this is, and I did not want to, I wasn't trying to like put you in a corner. Oh, no, no, no. It's so true <laughs> though. It was so shocking. Yeah. But for the listeners, they might have thought that because I think through our training, we've gone through some different things, right? Mm. But, and here's what that means. People pleasers are liars. It's like, um, if you're showing up as somebody you're not, people don't even like the real you. They don't even know who you are. Yeah. Because you're just like, you know, and here's an example. And I show up on my podcast in a certain way, because I recognize there are children in the background, but guess what? I totally dropped the F bomb (laughs) off, off camera. I totally swear. I am so real. (laughs) (laughs) I am not perfect. And I always try to like share that. And here's something I've had a challenge with and I've, I've sort of figured it out, but I always try to share enough so that my listeners know I have had real challenges, real struggles, and I'm a real human, but to not share so much that I am giving away all of my children's personal information, because as a parent, your children are inherently tied to that relationship. Yes. So, you know, you try to share enough that people get it, but not so much that you're just saying everything about your kids, because those are their stories, not mine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, have- they are part of my story, but that is not my story. Right. You know, but that's, and like, I'm okay with people knowing that because I don't want you to think I'm perfect. And actually at some point I'm probably going to be starting another podcast with my best friend Wow. and there will be a lot of the other side of Jackie, but uh-huh. you know, this side shows up because this is what people are here for homeschooling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that there may be kids in the back seat, you mm-hmm. know, and some parents were in front of their kids. Some don't. And I'm not, I don't want you to not listen to the podcast because I I'm swearing, you know, with your kids in the car, <laughs> but, but I totally do. And I totally mess up and I'm totally a mess sometimes, you know, like, and that's okay. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I don't want people to just think like I'm perfect because that would be a total lie. Right. That's, yeah. that's, and that's just putting out this image of I do everything perfect. And no, I don't. Mm. <laughs> Not by a long <laughs> shot. Ask my children. <laughs> yeah, and we don't want to put pressure on other people. If we're presenting this, I'm perfect side, then everyone else feels like, well, what's wrong with me? It's an Instagram Nothing. syndrome or something. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. I was listening to, uh, I'm in a, another like coaching program and they have a private podcast feed and like, 
about being just a mom. And you know, you know what? Mm -hmm. You don't always want to do all the things. No. You don't always no. want to sometimes you just want to do what you want to do. Yes. You know, and but that's important. Sometimes you should do what you want to do. It's yeah. Self-care. It is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because it's hard to show up for your kids if mm -hmm. if you're not taking care of you. And I think coaching is a fantastic way to take care of you. I agree. It it puts what you are are needing most. It gives you support in the area where you're most struggling, where you most need help. And that just absolutely helps your children because you're coming in with more wellness. You're not at the end of your rope with something that you're just losing it about this thing, but no, you feel like I'm going, I'm going to get there. It's going to be okay. And you, you bring a lot more presence and joy and peacefulness to your, to your home. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying, I'm looking at our notes because there were several things. Is there anything you want to bring up while I'm glancing here? Um, oh goodness. I don't know. I, um, I think it's just such a gift that you're bringing to help people know homeschooling is a way of life that it's about community and about family. And I, I think that that just ties in so beautifully to what people need right now that they can have permission to just choose their values and say that that is homeschooling, that that is a key part of it. It's not just curriculum. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, that you're welcome. Okay. I know we could totally wrap up here, but I'm game for five or 10 more minutes. If you are perfect. Yeah. Okay. So how do you homeschool your kids? What's your approach? Yeah. I do. You want, so, are you good to share it? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I, it's kind of a funny answer though. It's, it's not, uh, maybe the standard answer. I actually build my own curriculum and I could use the word curriculum loosely. Um, I would say that I blend Waldorf Montessori looking a little bit at the standards for that year, um, for, for my kids, if they were in public school, but then also just child led learning. I mix that in and kind of exploration and nature based learning and some things in a group and some things alone. So it's, it's a, like a complete mashup of, totally a lot of options. but I studied elementary education in college. And I always thought I would be a teacher. Teachers were so inspiring to me. They were the people who made me feel loved and seen and accepted. And so I wanted to bring that and and I never did actually become a teacher. Uh, uh, that's a different story. But I now I, I'm a homeschool teacher, and I I know that not everyone feels equipped to to do that. And I think that there's absolutely a place for any path that people choose. But I just kind of mash things together, and I also I, I make a plan for the whole year, and I stick to that month to month. But I also kind of weave in things or take things out depending on what we're experiencing as a family. I love that. So you, so you went to school to become an elementary education teacher and I you did. have a degree, a classroom teacher, a classroom okay. teacher. Yes. All right. And so I have a degree in phys ed, which does, has yeah. almost nothing to do with homeschooling your kids. Oh, but, oh, that's, I mean, our children are whole beings. And so that is yes. an aspect of what they're learning. Yeah. I mean, I do really believe like your body and your mind are the two most important things because without those two things, nothing else matters. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, um, so what would you say to parents then, since you have this elementary education, even though you didn't go in the classroom and use it, do you think 
it's necessary for a parent to have a degree in elementary education to homeschool their kids. Not at all. Here's a terrible secret. I don't think that almost anything that I learned from that has helped me as a homeschool parent. So in case you're feeling like you, you know, need to go get more training and to be a homeschool teacher, there are so many resources out there to support homeschool parents. And I've used that so much more than my degree in elementary education. Yeah. And that's sort of, I don't know how you're going to answer this, but that was sort of my guess because <laughs> yeah. same thing for me, it yeah. doesn't make a dang bit of difference. So if you are thinking about homeschooling your kids and you're like, oh, but I don't even have a degree in education. I'm not a teacher. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Instead, change your thought. There are plenty of resources out there. I heard these people say you don't even, they didn't even use their degrees and they're homeschooling their kids. Like I can totally learn with my kids. Mm -hmm. I can totally find the information I need. I can find a tutor, right? All these things. Absolutely. Yes. And I, and the other thing, what I love that I heard you saying is you sort of create your own stuff. You can do that too. Any parent can do that. You can totally take cherry pick what you like. Mm-hmm. You don't have, it does not have to look like it does in school. That is the one thing I'm always trying to convey is like, it doesn't have to look like it does in school. And you don't mm-hmm. think so either. I don't think so either. And I, I think that the, there's so much, I know that for some people, it's really important to them to stick close to what pe- uh, they're doing in schools or to have a really clear plan and follow that all year. Or as you have re- referenced before, oh, I'm going to follow this curriculum all the way through. I love and am growing in flexibility in my homeschooling, realizing that when those moments that I say, this is what we're learning today and we're going to get to the end of what I have planned, that's our worst homeschooling moments. And the moments that they, I see curiosity and my older son loves, he asks so many questions and he asks these complex questions that I almost don't know the answer to, but it's like, let's, let's follow that. Let's find out together. Those are our best days. So I am I started out like we're going to, at the very beginning of a homeschooling to a little over two years ago, I was very much trying to follow what they should be doing in schools. And I am leaning more and more over time toward child-led learning, but with a base of, I also know we need to cover these things together. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Elle, I would love to have you back on the podcast again. This has been so fun. So fun. (laughs) All right. I want to remind you that you can learn more about Elle at homeschoolthinktank.com slash interviews. And also, if you are interested in booking a one-on-one coaching call with me or join our Facebook group where I am answering all of your questions about homeschooling and offering coaching in more of a small group setting, you can join that group as well. So go to homeschoolthinktank.com to learn more about all of those things. And our Facebook group, you can go to homeschoolthinktank.com slash Facebook. All right, that's it. Live and learn your way. My name is Jackie, and I am your host of the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye. I want to say thank you for listening to the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd like to ask you to take a moment to follow this podcast and share it with a friend. Remember to check the show notes for a link to the article that corresponds with this podcast episode. In this article, we'll include any links that we mentioned in this episode. And remember that you can search all of the Homeschool Think Tank parenting podcast episodes at homeschoolthinktank.com.